Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to Stagecraft, Variety's theater podcast, bringing you backstage and behind the scenes with the artists, producers, and industry leaders keeping theater alive and bringing plays to your screen during the pandemic. I'm your host, Gordon Cox. On this episode of Stagecraft, I'm talking to the Tony-winning actor, writer, and director Ruben Santiago Hudson. Over the course of his career, he's appeared on Broadway in shows including Stick Fly and Jelly's Last Jam, and off-Broadway in his own play, Lackawanna Blues, but I'm talking to him now as one of the foremost interpreters of the work of August Wilson. He won a Tony in 1996 for his performance in Seven Guitars, appeared in the Broadway production of Gem of the Ocean, and in New York alone has directed stagings of Seven Guitars, The Piano Lesson, and most recently, the Tony-winning revival of Jitney. He's even played Wilson himself in the writer's memoir monologue, How I Learned What I Learned. Now he's written screenplay for the film adaptation of Wilson's 1982 play, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which recently premiered on Netflix with a cast led by Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman in one of his final performances. Santiago Hudson is in the virtual studio with me to tell us how he learned what he learned about the work of August Wilson, how he moved Ma Rainey from the stage to the screen, and why Wilson's enduring work still speaks to us today. Hey, Ruben. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I have to tell you, I was astonished by your work on Ma Rainey even before I hit play because I noticed that the running time was 94 minutes. And I thought, well, that's not long enough for most first acts of August Wilson plays. Like I just, (laughs) and it made me think, not that you'd like cut it to shreds, but that you, you and your collaborators must have thought really hard about rethinking the way the story is told and sort of reshaping it for uh, the screen as opposed to the stage. Tell me a little bit about sort of what your goals were as you thought about not just the trimming, but the kind of refocusing and reimagining that you guys did. Well, well, first of all, my number one goal was to to try to, to to write the finest movie I could write. That was number one, obviously. But second, I wanted to make sure that I honored August mm. uh, Wilson and the muscularity and the beauty of his writing, the way he captured uh, authentic, culturally specific style and rhythms and language mm. of black people that had come mm. up from the South to the North and stayed colored and stayed black. And, you know, so I wanted to keep that language, but I also didn't want to to hurt what August had captured in themes and in in, 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 in uh, drama and in comedy. So it's like, that's all the things I wanted to do. And, and then I had uh, the, uh, I shouldn't say insurmountable because we mounted it, but the yeah. very difficult task of, of pleasing uh, some very powerful entities, Denzel Washington, George C. Wolfe, Netflix, mm-hmm. August <laughs> Wilson, and then Ruben had to somehow find some satisfaction other than just a check, or uh, I probably should have just go drive a truck somewhere and make a check. I can get a check somewhere else, mm-hmm. but I, I wanted the satisfaction of serving, uh, I guess, all those all those purposes and, and uh, all those missions and all those people and still because one thing we had in common was we wanted to make a great film. So no matter what what any debates came about about anything, we kept saying, is this the best thing for the event? Mm. And sometimes we would disagree, sometimes we would agree, agree, but it turned out to be for the best. And what can you 
how do you describe what you what you ended up learning about the ways that August Wilson's work can live on screen in terms of what you how you shifted sort of the dynamics of a scene or the the movement of the piece or uh, in, in any ways that uh, you might be able to describe? Well, you, you know, I, I had to, I had to early earlier on. I, I had to embrace the fact that as incredible as August Wilson's work was, that everything isn't a gem and everything everything isn't to be mm. to to be can, can be kept. Everything is not precious. So. I had to figure out well the things that were very important to me because I knew his work intimately. I know his work intimately. I mean, had you done? Have you either been in or directed a production of Ma Rainey? Yes. Yeah. I pro- I, I directed it. I produced yeah. one. Uh, I recorded, uh, mm-hmm. which will be released in December. All ten plays, mm-hmm. and I directed the Ma Rainey and that among among other other plays. But but right. to, to get back to it is is, yeah. is is I had to find out okay if I'm going to remove something that made August incredible his language what do I replace it with mm-hmm. I replace it with pictures let's replace it with uh, Romare Bearden collages let's replace mm-hmm. it with William H Johnson's images in my mind so so though I'm not directing it I'm hoping and praying and because of my relationship with George Wolf, we could talk about these things. Yeah. Okay, we're going we're to take this beauty out of it, this muscularity, this mellifluous storytelling. What do we replace it with? Mellifluous storytelling visually. Mm, right. So that's what I replaced words with. So that's how our ended up missing. It, but I just couldn't let it be gone and you miss it. I, whatever I removed from the play, I didn't want you to be able to find it. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. And it must have helped all your experience, not only with August Wilson, but specifically with Ma Rainey to have that kind of uh, not deep knowledge of a play even before you went into it and and deep knowledge of that body of work, right? Yeah, it helped tremendously, but also it hurt because it mm-hmm. made me say, man, I can't lose this. I can't lose this. Yeah. I got to lose it. I got to lose it. So yeah. I would try, try it without losing it. Uh-huh. And then I would try it with losing it and see if I could still pick up the rhythms and still pick up the tempo and still pick up the style. So sometime I would have to move something closer to pick up the rhythm of that of the, mm-hmm. of the melody of that the way that phrasing went right it's hard to explain it but because i know the phrasing so well it's very similar to me it's the same phrasing that i speak with in mm-hmm. august you know he also wrote that down on a pad and showed me one day when he first heard me audition the same music i have same song hmm. wow that's what he said about my interpretation of his work yeah and uh and so it was it was it's easy for me to do August Wilson's work because it's 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 the sound of the people that taught me all the lessons that I learned other than in school. It's the lessons I learned at home, that melody, the way mama talked coming from Farmville, Virginia, you know, the way my godmother talked coming from, you know, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So it's like those rhythms, those are the people in, in Pittsburgh, those are the people mm-hmm. in Detroit, those are the people in Cleveland and Buffalo, people from Mississippi, people from Jacksonville, Florida, and people from, uh, uh, Alabama in uh, Virginia. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things that's so uh, st- striking about the film is that there, uh, the monologues are still there. There are probably not all of them. I imagine there are some, uh, that, but they. Uh, you don't think of monologues as being things that show up on screen nearly as often as they show up on stage. And yet, you, it, it was clear that you worked very hard to sort of give everyone their moment of you know, their, their, yes. their big they're speech, aria. right? I yeah, call it aria. Aria. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so that was hard because some of my favorite speeches didn't make it. Uh-huh. And I had to wonder what do I need to keep to tell the story that we, right. that we're trying to tell? 
You know, because as a playwright, we can write to our heart's content. We're the editor. No one mm -hmm. can tell you that can't be there. That's yeah. too much. No one when I'm writing a play. That's why I spend the majority of my life in theater. Right. Because I'm the editor. You right. know, I don't have <laughs> six voices. So, in, in, but that's part of the deal that you, when you sign your contract, it's part of the deal. Right. And those six voices are all very intelligent people, very passionate people. You know, some people's intentions are different. But long as your intention is to make the great, the biggest intention is to make a great movie. Yeah. You know, but but so though these are monologues I've done and said and plays, right. you know, is it do we need it? Is it is it too much? It's too much fat. Let's get to the lean meat. Right. Right. But sometimes yeah. the fat is what makes it taste good. You yeah. know, a little bit of the fat, you know. Do you have a can you think of a, a a moment in particular that you were really sad to lose or an element that you were really sad to lose? Many. Yeah. <laughs> it, one one line goes, I'm sad. <laughs> you know, okay. so, because yeah. I, I, I literally, my actors always tell me when I'm directing his plays, they say, Ruben knows every line. And I really don't. I, scoot, I scare him. I make him think I know every line. But I know a lot of them, a great <laughs> deal of them. Yeah. I mean, a lot. I would say I know when I'm directing an August Wilson play, I know 80% of the lines, yeah. at least. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you brought up the sort of editing uh, process and the sort of post-production process. How much of what the film became was then shaped? One of my questions was how much of the shape of the film was determined by uh, the screenplay versus the work that you all did sort of post-production? And it sounds like it sounds like you had you had sort of structured the screenplay. The structure of the screenplay that you wrote uh, is ended up being pretty much what we saw. Is that right? Yes. Yes, I mean, of course, you know, George George's vision uh, 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 plays a very strong part of what you see on film because he's the director. No matter what I write in the script, you know, and um, but as I'm a director too, right? Yeah, and I'm not. Listen, I don't write any character that I'm not playing myself, woman, mm -hmm. man, child, mm -hmm. and I don't write any scene that I'm not directing myself. You know, because it's got to work for me before I can give it to somebody else and try to convince them to make it work yeah. for them. So, so you know, the same way I wrote Lackawanna Blues or Vegas 55 or Loving the Driest Season, any of the other films right. I've written, you know, I'm always everything in it. And then yeah. I have to be selfless enough to hand it to someone else and get out of the way. Yeah. And, and, and the one thing you cannot capture that Ruben does, and Ruben knows about August's work, is the rhythms mm -hmm. not? I, it's not exclusive to me. The rhythms. A lot of people, are, you know, know, you know, from those southern roots. What we find out in colleges, though, and in, and in conservatories, is what they want to teach out of you is all the all the habits that in, in language and style that they think doesn't work. They want you to fit into white theater, white films, right. white ideas, white vision. Your you you know European vision. So your southernness, your countryness, your blackness got to go. August right. says, come blackness, come southernness, come country, come in, come in, come in. And a lot of these actors, by the time they get to this place, they've removed all that. And right. so they got to relearn it. Rube Steele, Rube you're talking to right now with mm -hmm. the PhD and with the master's degree and with the bachelor's and everything else and 100 plays and 40 some movies is the same country boy from Lackawanna. Right. And I'm, but I'm still a doctor. And the mm -hmm. difference, and I think the contradiction, I think that people feel sometime with me, particularly if I'm doing Shakespeare. I do a lot of Shakespeare. You know, I've been... Yeah. At, you know, Shakespeare in the Park many times. And um, because I speak this way and then 
I'm on in him. There may be in the cup a spider steeped, and one may drink to part and yet partake no venom, for his knowledge is not infected. But if one present the board ingredient to his eye, make known how he hath drunk. Then I do that. Then I say, yo, hold on, hold on, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What if I slide in over here? And then when I holler at him this way, maybe in the, in the kids from Juilliard and yell, be like, did he just say he was going to slide over and holler at him this way? <laughs> and then I'll just go right back into the language. Too hot, too hot, you know. And they would say, how do you do that? Because I have learned to make myself accessible to all kinds of forms of language in existence so I can get ahead, so I can, so I can make you comfortable in the room. Mm. But when you get me like this, you get just me. You get the boy from the room in House in Lackawanna. I did not remove that from my persona. I did not remove that from who I am. I added on to it. Mm. And mm -hmm. it, all everything I've learned in my life has its place. And the place that I'm from, that room and house, has its place. And that's the biggest part of me. Yeah. Yeah. Not only do you know August Wilson's work, but you've even you know played him to in a sense, and you've you've done how I learned what I learned. And what how did how did his your sort of knowledge of not just his work but also August Wilson the person uh, kind of filter into the work you did uh, on the screenplay? Because in my hundreds and hundreds of hours of conversation with August over the two decades that we were friends and. Yeah. And he was a mentor of mine and uh, a combatant at times and uh, a supporter. Out of all that experience, I got to know the man and what the things that were important to him, why he wrote his work, what he wanted it to, how he wanted it to affect the world, where I fit into it, where, you know. Um, and so I would instill some of that when I'd be fighting to keep certain lines or keep certain scenes. He, you know, I knew August was about empowering his community. I knew August was, uh, was, you know, uh, adamant about the celebration of being black. Uh, there is a celebration. It's just not woe and it's just not pain. There is a joy, a secret cup of gladness, Ozzie Davis would call being mm -hmm. black. And so I knew that August celebrated that. I knew he was well aware of, of, uh, of uh, Ozzie and and Ruby and their fight and Harry Belafonte and, you know, uh, Mary Baraka and many of the revolutionary artists who, who in their own way paved the way for all this. I'll have more with Ruben right after the break. And now here's more with Ruben Santiago Hudson. Of course, we can't talk about the movie without talking about the cast who was involved. At what point did you know, like, did you know that you were writing for Viola Davis uh, at, at any point as you were working on the script? And did yes. that a way, so, and did that, how did that influence the way you approached the screenplay? Did it at all? Uh, I would, I would be lying about it and say it didn't affect it a little bit, but whoever mm -hmm. was going to play Ma, I knew that I had to create an aura that was not in the play yet. Ma Rainey mm. comes in on page 48 of a 102 page play. Right. Ma Rainey and my movie came in and our movie came in in page one. The right. first thing you hear is the thing that was her God's gift, was her most powerful aspect, her voice. Mm. The first thing you hear is her moaning mm, in, in the black and it comes in the light. Yeah. And I wanted to put you in her temple, which was the show tent. I wanted to make sure it was power, show her power. And then I didn't leave her. 
I came back to her in the hotel, walking through the lobby like the queen. I, you know, her telling, and, and in the script, when you get a copy of the script, you'll see, unless they did something I don't know they did to it, <laughs> that people part like the Red Sea as she crosses through the lobby, you know, eyeing her, the, the highbrows looking at her, and she highbrowing them right back. Mm-hmm. Power, power, power. So, so when people are talking about when is she coming, when is she coming, when is she coming, her whole day is coming, she's coming. Her whole yeah. day is prepared for her, when her dress, her hat, everything. I'm, I'm going there, I'm going and I'm gonna put on the show. Yeah. And what about Chadwick Boseman's involvement? He's spectacular in the film along with, uh, as is Violet Davis, of course. Um, did you, when did you know uh, he was involved? Well, um, I learned, you know, because they have to make deals and work out schedules. I, I, I knew that's who they wanted mm. and they were gonna try to make it work. So. It, you know, I was gonna write the film I was gonna write. Right. And uh, whether Viola played it or uh, Susie Q played it, mm-hmm. I was gonna write a film to impact and empower Ma Rainey so her effect, her, her Bunyan-esque aura would, would reign throughout the movie. So it just helps tremendously when you have somebody as powerful and as wonderfully talented as Viola Davis. When you have somebody as extraordinary as, who brings such an incredible feel and level of integrity as, as Chadwick Boseman who, walks into a room and commands the space that he's in and empowers that space with dignity, with integrity, with purpose. Right. Yeah. And of course, we should say that there are, uh, a, there are some, a handful of uh, theater actors who a lot of theater fans will all recognize, Coleman Domingo's in it and Michael Potts yes. and Jeremy Sheamus. There's, uh, there's sort of a great, uh, a great uh, team of like theater folks who um, have a lot of stage experience, and many of them have August Wilson experience too. And that's another reason you want George. That's another <laughs> reason I'm fighting for George to direct it. Yeah, you know, I, I threw George's name in it. Whatever, no matter what you read or what you see, mm. I said to Denzel, "I need George," because mm. I knew that we would get people who knew and appreciated August's work. Theater actors, it'd mm. be a different process. I know how George works. He did my film Lackawanna Blues. Yeah, right. I did Henrietta Lacks for George. Mm-hmm. I know what he does. He wants to. He wants to have rehearsal. He wants to discuss purpose, arc, dialogue, intention. You know, they don't do that now. You know, I've done a lot of films. Yeah. Three dozen, more than three dozen. And that ain't a whole lot in the big Hollywood scheme of things before regular old, you know, yeoman actors, decent. And mm-hmm. directors don't do that. They don't want to have rehearsal. They want to It'd be like, hey, show me what you're going to do and let's film it, let's light it, let's shoot it. You know, George actually wants a process, a theater process, a real process. And so, I don't know what they, you know, the names that I hear about who they who's directing other plays. I don't know what their process is. I mean, movie. Mm. I don't know them, and and probably I won't get a shot in any of them because they probably don't know me. They don't go who goes to the theater to see mm. Santiago Hudson in the, in the hundred plays that he's done. So as much as I love August's work, and as much as I feel uh, uh, at a very extraordinarily high level of, of, uh, uh, of intimacy of his work, who's going to get Ruben a shot is. Mm. You know, is Barry Jenkins or is uh, is uh, whoever? Uh, do they know me? <laughs> so, right. so I'm. I worry a little bit that some of the, you know, actors who have dedicated their lives to August's work won't get a shot. Right. Won't yeah. get an opportunity because they understand and know that language. You don't have to teach them how to do it. And then these directors that don't know the language, don't mm-hmm. know the style, don't know August's history or work. How do they help? give that to some of the actors mm. that, that have never done the plays, that have never read the plays. They read this film script. 
whoever writes the film scripts. You know, so that used to worry me. And I just had to say, Rube, let it go, let it go, let it go. You know, you did your job. Right. You know, so uh, anyway, I, 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 we weren't talking about, you know, why, what keeps me up at night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when did you start work on this project? What was the, what, what was the timeline of? Started out at HBO a couple of years ago. Yeah. A couple of years ago. Okay. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, then we hung there for about a year. Right. And then I probably did eight months uh, uh, with new regime, with, with new intention. Right. Well, not new intention, but new people know, know me a little bit, you know, or right. yeah. budgets, budgets changing, budgets up, budgets down, budget back up, you know, so yeah. cut, add, cut, add. And then, <laughs> and then how did you, how do you think about uh, the way, how, how does Ma Rainey, uh, the play resonate now in 2020 um, differently than it maybe did, you know, even two years ago when you started, when you first started working on the piece? Not much difference. I mean, mm. the, the situation that Black America finds itself in is similar to the same situation Ma was in in 1927, the same situation Loomis was in damn near in, 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 uh, in 1911 and Joe Turner's come and gone. The right. same situation, you know, that Sally Two Kings trying to free his people and trying to find fight for dignity, integrity and, and freedom in, in 1906 and Gem of the Ocean. So our problems uh, remain uh, visceral and the same in a lot of ways. It's just done differently. You know, there's mm. still a prison system. There's still a, a, a parchment farm mm. in, in, in Mississippi. You know, there's still, a, 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 you know, ways to, to lock black folks up and get them to do your work for free. So it's, it's like, it's just, oh, we got to do it a different way, but we're going to do it because it's money, it's marketable. So Ma Rainey's, if she was today, mm. if she was an R&B hip hop singer today, she'd be fighting the same thing. Right. White people taking her power, putting it in a box, selling it and getting most of the money and giving her a percentage. Right. <laughs> Usurping it, as they would say in Shakespeare's play, you, the usurper. Right. You know, does, has that changed? Whether it's boxing or art or uh, music, you know? And we've talked some about your long relationship with August Wilson, your long and very deep relationship with August Wilson. How do you think of the way he influenced you as an artist? How has he, how has him and his work, um, how has him and his work uh, sort of really influenced the kind of artist that you became and the kind of work that you have gone on to do? First of all, he gave me a platform and an opportunity to have a lot of work. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, if I look back on the past two and a half decades, almost three decades of my career. It's been about August Wilson's work more than anything. I mean, and I've been in some prestigious companies. I was I came to New York in the Negro Ensemble Company in okay. Soldiers Play, Pewter Surprise, 1982. I came in 83 and picked up the national tour. And that's my first, then that brought me into New York to Off-Broadway to Ceremonies of Dark Men. So I've had some great opportunities, New Federal Theater, Shakespeare in the Park, but the majority of my, my, rec, my, 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 uh, uh, I guess people recognize me most from August's work because those two Tony Awards, the one for actor and, and, and revival of a play. Right. So, uh, um, and not to mention recording all 10, well, to mention recording all 10 of those and getting ready to release those in educational and uh, uh, research places and places just for entertainment values. Uh, 
So he influenced me there. He influenced me as a writer. His conversations telling me, when the things I write, don't be afraid to let my people talk. America, the world doesn't want black folks talking. You got to give them a voice. Let them talk. Don't be afraid. Don't let people tell you what to, what to say. You know, those kind of things. And then telling me straight up, you need to direct my plays. And mm-hmm. give me an opportunity to direct Jim of the Ocean at the McCarter Theater. Yeah. 1997, I think it was. I had retired from directing for 22 years. And I came back with that. So, uh, and haven't stopped since then. I mean, yeah. they got me on the brakes now. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hold up, Rube. We, we let us in. You know, so I'm I'm paying a lot more attention to a lot of other writers around me that need me. Uh, yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, and this uh, the play uh, came out. We're recording this just before the the film comes out on um, on Netflix on the 18th. Um, what's next for you after that? I'm very excited about Lackawanna Blues coming to Broadway in the fall. Wow. Yeah. Very excited. I was yesterday at the theater, uh, almost broke out in tears because I haven't been Mm -hmm. in the theater in 10 months. And in the past 50 years of my life, every year of those 50, I have been in a theater, whether Mm -hmm. seeing a play, rehearsing a play, I hadn't been in the theater in 10 months, man. Mm-hmm. And so I needed to walk the stage. I walked an empty stage in an empty theater mm-hmm. and my heart was still full because I knew this is where I'm most comfortable. Yeah. So so come September, uh, all things work out the way they're supposed to. And I think now with this new administration, finally getting some useful information and some mm-hmm. information that looks as though it's here to help us, mm-hmm. not to hurt us. I think we will be ready to come back into the theater, open arms, in the fall, and one of the first plays out is Lackawanna Blues, making its Broadway debut. And will you be in it again? I don't let anybody yeah. do that. That's my mother. Okay, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not putting my mother in anyone else's hands. It's, <laughs> it's me and, 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 and an incredible guitar player who's, wow. who's replacing my guy and my my road dog, my, my partner, in crying for the past 20 years, Bill Sims Jr., who passed away. Yeah. Uh, and almost left me in the lurch. I, I didn't want to do it again. And and on his deathbed, he said to me, you have to do it. Mm-hmm. And I said, why, Bill? I don't have you. He said, because they need it. Mm-hmm. You have to remember, Gordon, you know, when Lackawanna Blues became a hit, it was right after 9-11. Right. It was a hit before that. We put it to bed. 9-11 hit and everybody wanted to hear my mother, Nanny, the mother of the community, say it's going to be all right. And so we came back out and... Right. Uh, in um, 2002, and we toured it. And then I put it to bed again until last year. And now yeah. now Broadway's beckoning because you know why? <laughs> they need it. They yeah. need Nanny to say it's going to be okay because we're coming through it, you know. And, right. and we're going to come through this. And, and, Nanny, right. and hopefully Nanny's blessing will help. With yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. And are, do you have, um, you mentioned you've done uh, a lot of work on film uh, over the course of your career, including Ma Rainey. What, do you have anything coming up on the, in the film realm or, or I, go ahead. I am presently writing a film right mm-hmm. now, which I'm slated to direct and which Great. I cannot disclose because the, the three companies that put all the money together, let us control the narrative. So yeah. I will let them control the narrative, but I'm writing it. That's my job right now. Uh, and I'm overwhelmed with all these wonderful, wonderful um accolades that Ma Rainey is getting. So I'm getting to talk to people like you, wonderful people like you and one after the other. And it's just like, wow, you didn't forget the writer because they forget the writer a lot. They often do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and and so I'm, you know, 
my publicist has been working diligently to make sure that they don't forget me on this one. And, and, I, and it means the world to me that, that people like you would give me the time to, to at least have a voice. Well, I think it's people, it's particularly listeners for this podcast who uh, are theater people and will have seen Ma Rainey because everyone has seen Ma Rainey, I feel like, will will understand the work that you did because the it can be sort of invisible in terms of uh, the the shaping that 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 you did in terms of taking a play and making it uh, then, making it live on the screen. Gordon, so. Then you've done your job. Yeah, well, that's if, right, if right? I, I, I don't want to be visible. I, I want to be remove myself. I don't want you to discover me in the process. But after yeah. it's done and everybody else gets get the champagne, give me a glass. Yeah. <laughs> give me a glass. If you were gonna, if you were going to work on a film adaptation of another August Wilson play, what would you want to do next? To either write or direct or both. You my man. You my man. You gonna give me a lot of trouble. <laughs> Listen, I, I will. To be quite honest with you, I will write any one that they ask me to write. But, mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. I gotta get one to direct. Yeah. If I'm if they don't see me as a director, it's gonna be hard for me to. Yeah. You know, I mean, and and I would think the the the. I would think the public and the theater goers would beckon them to let me at least act in one of them. You got eight more to do. Yeah. Is Which one? Role for Mr. Rubin in this? <laughs> I mean, at least. I hope my food is safe. Would y'all let Mr. Rubin in, please? Um, Which one would you direct? Do you know? I swear, I, 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 it'd be like, throw it up in the air and let me, let me grab one. I pro probably, I would have said Jitney because of mm -hmm. what I've been with it so long, but I just lost yeah. Anthony Chisholm and, and I almost mm -hmm. can't fathom being in Jitney without Chisholm. So, but if that would be the one, then I, I'd do it. But I'd love to direct any of them or write any of them that I'm invited to. Yeah. Um, that group and that mission that Denzel was on is extraordinary. And it would mean the world to me to continue to be a part of it. You know, and, and I'm not making demands by saying, you know, I have to 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 direct one, but I'm I'm just saying what what uh what I think is very, very important and and that I, I can add more to this than just my rainy and I hope I hope now that the world is embracing Ma Rainey that it that it it shows the powers that be as well that we need to continue having Ruben here. Now. I spoke to a writer yesterday who does not even like August. Mm. He said to me straight up, I don't like August's work, but I want to write one. Mm. And I said, Well, I love his work and I probably won't get to write another one. <laughs> you know, so I said, but um and I've heard directors say the same thing. I don't even like August's work, but I gotta be a part of this. And to me, that almost it's almost a travesty to say that, and yeah. to still get chosen to do this work because your name is a Hollywood name, you know. Right. Yeah. So that's a personal thing, and I know that's going to get me in trouble, but I said it, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, I have faith that uh, you will be involved in uh, in the coming films that uh, that uh, August Wilson's work uh, becomes, um, and. Uh, Congratulations again on Ma Rainey. It's uh, it's great. It's so good, uh, and it was really a pleasure to watch. So, um, thank you for joining me. Thanks for uh, taking the time to chat. I appreciate I, it. I, I so appreciate uh, the work you're doing and in, 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 in an opportunity to have a chance to chat with you. That was Ruben Santiago Hudson, who wrote the screenplay for Netflix's new film adaptation of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. If you like what you're hearing on this and other episodes of Stagecraft, I'd really appreciate it if you took the time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. 
It really helps us grow our audience of folks who love theater as much as you and I do. Or tell a friend. You can find past episodes of StageCraft or subscribe on Apple Podcasts and on all the other pod places, including Spotify and on the Broadway Podcast Network, which is another great place to find more theater for your ears. I'll be back in two weeks with another new episode. Until then, find me on Twitter at GCoxVariety. Thanks for listening, and see you soon. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.